It's time for Tower Talks from Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industry's podcast. Industry Towers editorial staff leverages our extensive network of industry sources to provide thorough reporting, pinpoint trends, and arm you with the knowledge needed to thrive in your career. And here's your host, Inside Towers managing editor, Jim Fryer. Welcome to Tower Talks. I'm Jim Fryer, managing editor of Inside Towers. We are here at the Signature in Scottsdale, Arizona, which is a very unique event for the telecom industry. We have with us Wade Collins, who is the business development manager of Flash Technologies, and also the man who runs this unique event. Welcome, Wade. Thank you. Wade, tell us about the Signature. The Signature is, is an event that several of us in the industry, we're, we're looking for a, an alternative maybe a way for us to get together and gather and talk about the telecom industry outside of the typical venues that are available, like the trade shows and the wireless events. And uh, We were looking for something that was really more laid back without such a stiff agenda so that folks had time to sit and talk, but yet keep it small enough that you had the opportunity to meet uh, lots of people. So it's a trade show without those conferences going on. Exactly. I mean, basically, the the dinners are all, there's no place settings. There's basically a a very open agenda so that people aren't worried about going to the next meeting or the next presentation or whatever, but there's plenty of time to sit down and have lengthy conversations with all types of folks in the industry. It's, It's a very eclectic group. There's all types of companies represented at the Signature. Uh, from engineering firms to tower owners to uh, tower manufacturers to site acquisition companies and just a very eclectic group. I noticed that right off the bat. I saw a lot of people come from different fields of the industry and I think that's terrific and uh, I love the fact that uh, there's no name tags involved. You just get to know people and get to know what they do and they get to know what you do and it's a great atmosphere without anybody being under a a gun of a schedule and this is the, the third year of this as I understand it, correct? That's exactly right. Our plan is to is to keep going. It continues to get bigger every year. We continue to figure out ways to make the agenda more appealing to folks, I guess, give them more free time. And, and we continue to move it around to different locations. This year, uh, we're in Scottsdale. Had some trepidation about playing golf in 105-degree weather, but uh, it really wasn't terrible. It's a dry heat, Jim. <laughs> they keep saying that. <laughs> you also are... As your your role with Flash, you have your finger on the pulse of what's going on as far as lighting technology in the in the tower industry. Obviously, a essential part of the business. So, tell us what's the latest happening in lighting technology. Well, our industry, as everyone knows, is there's so much going on, and as a result of that, there's a labor shortage. You know, I was fortunate enough to be able to go with the NAEP community to Washington D.C. to help lobby for the Communication Jobs Bill. And, and that really is, it was, a, was an effort to try to get the federal government involved, uh, having money available, funds available to colleges and universities and uh, uh, trade schools for classes specifically to uh, train and educate folks to come into the telecommunications industry. And so because of that shortage, you know, one of the things that we see quite often there is there's a lot of companies out there that really don't have the experience, uh, have never been taught really how to put in lighting systems. And that... That's something that, as a tower owner, is a real problem because uh, the systems aren't put in properly. That leads to greater operating expenses, which hurts their profits and, and sometimes can cause them to be, you know, uh, in, in violation. You know, these, these lights are up there because the FAA requires it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's one of the things that having skilled, experienced folks to put these in uh, is a real plus. 
The other thing that, that that's kind of going on, along with not having the labor force really to put them in, is all the changes in the regulations. Since 2017, uh, the regulations have changed significantly uh, relative to uh, marking and obstruction. You know, we've gone from um, towers in some cases that, that aren't required to have certain lights on them. We've gone to some towers uh, that are required to have lights to flash that didn't have to flash before. Uh, and very soon, uh, next year, uh, I guess it, there's, uh, there's still debate on the official date because what we read in the documentation from the FAA and the FCC sometimes isn't exactly what they tell us, but we're, we're going by the, the language that they put out. But IR is going to be, infrared is going to be a requirement. We believe that will be official in March of next year. Now, what did infrared do? Well, infrared is something that really has been talked about for some time. Really what infrared is designed to do is to give those pilots that use uh, night vision goggles an opportunity or, or the ability to see the lights. One of the things that's happened over the years with the introduction of LED, which are a much better, um, more efficient light doesn't require as much energy uh, because they don't require uh, more energy, then the, uh, the heat signature is, is much less. And with the old lights, the, the old technologies that are out there, it was never a problem. But now with LEDs, which is pretty much everything that's going up today, it's difficult for those pilots uh, using infrared light glasses. So the plan uh, and what the FAA plans to do is make it a standard going forward so that all OEMs, uh, any, any lights really that are any towers that are filed after March of next year uh, would require infrared. Uh, interesting. So that's the latest and greatest uh, technology coming down the pipe. Is well, there, there are some out there. For flash, it's been an option for several years. If someone wanted it, we could provide it. And one of the things that we went ahead and made the move to is we, we've just gone ahead and standardized on it so that folks that are ordering lights today will automatically get infrared and then whenever the regulation becomes official, which again is still a little not clear on when that's going to occur, but our customers are already ready for that to be covered by that. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, Wade, you've been in the business for how long? Uh, I started with Flash in 1996, so about, about 22 years. And what are the major changes you've seen in, over that time? Wow, lots. The, the technologies have changed significantly. The regulations have changed uh, significantly. Uh, with the FAA, some cases good good for the tower owners, some cases uh, not so good. But I think probably the biggest change is just in the uh, in the regulations that the FAA has mandated over time. Most of the regulations get pushed by the FAA, not the FCC. Well, the way that works is, and there's there's a lot of confusion about that. What happens is, is the FAA again is the branch of the government that's responsible for aviation air, airspace. So they're the ones that really write the regulations and put together what's called the 7460, which is the, the book that all the people that have any type of structure that invades aviation airspace, which is for the most part anything above 200 feet, it's the book that everyone uses to determine how they're supposed to mark their obstruction. The FCC then is the branch of the government that the FAA uses to be the police force. Mm. So when, when there is an issue, typically the FCC is the one that in most cases determines uh, if there is some type of fatality or in some cases if there's an FCC uh, officer that happens to do a drive-by at one of the sites and it determines in their opinion that the, that the light is out, uh, then there's an investigation on that light that typically comes back to the tower owner 
uh, especially if there's no a NOTAM, uh, N-O-T-A-M, which is notice to airmen, which is basically a ticket opened by the tower owner that says my light's out. If, that, if the NOTAM hasn't been filed uh, and, the, and the FCC determines that, that that light was out and it didn't have that, that safety ticket opened on it, or there's a fatality, the FCC are always the ones that come in and investigates that, and they're also the ones that levy the fines against the tower owners. And how, how big can those fines get? The fines start at about $10,000 a day. Uh, wow. It seems like it, it's amazing, but it, it, if you look in some of the publications, there, there's usually some type of tower uh, violation that's occurring where people are being cited every three or four months. Mm-hmm. They found someone that's out of compliance. And so it's more often than you think. It's not really public knowledge for, for the most part. So a lot of people aren't aware of it, but it, it happens quite a bit. Wow. Well, that is, uh, that's great. Great insight into the lighting industry and into Signature. Wade, thank you so much for your time, and uh, we look forward to the rest of the event and to, uh, to next year's event. Do we know where it's going to be? Right now, likely you're going to be back in Scottsdale again. It's still open, uh, still kind of up in the air a little bit, but probably will be. Looking forward to it. Now that I've got the lay of the land a little better, scoped out a few places in Scottsdale, I really, really love this place, so uh, looking forward to coming back. Thanks again, Wade. Thank you, Jim. Thank you for listening to Tower Talks. To subscribe to our podcast, our daily newsletter, or use our other industry resources, please visit InsideTowers.com. Until next time, you've been listening to Tower Talks from Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast.